What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. We're going to start this show a little bit different than normal. No long intro. Uh, John is here with me. We will do we will do a little bit of, of business after, but I wanted to put, uh, I want to do this in the first segment, which is uh, our buddy Dave Dutra uh, agreed to come on. And um, I just thought, I just thought it was super interesting to talk to somebody who is actually being impacted from a wrestling perspective from the shutdown. Dave, I know you're, you're in, you're near Sacramento. So the uh, California today, the, the whole state is being shut down. So that's a little bit of a kind of a, a different aspect of this. But first off, how are you doing? And then just, I'm sure you have tons of thoughts about this from the, from the wrestler perspective. Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a long time since I've done a podcast of any kind. So um, thank you again for bringing me on. Um, yeah, things, uh, gosh, the world is a, a crazy, crazy place right now. Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, family's doing good. Uh, I feel like I'm on like an extended summer break, like I'm back in school in a way. <laughs> I'm not going to work. Um, just this past week, they gave us notice to work from home. Um, so I've been home all day. Um, I go out occasionally and, uh, the only, uh, break for me, uh, from it all was just to go to the gym and my gym just shut down two days ago and that sucks. That's the, my, my, (laughs) of all this stuff right now. I mean, I, I'm sort of getting used to the idea of like, okay, I'm going to take a break from wrestling. I'll use this time to, uh, you know, to essentially, I don't know, think about my long term as far as my character that I'm building, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into and, uh, you know, work on my body. And then they took the gym away from me now. So I'm like, ah, oh. so um, now I'm looking into uh, some DDP yoga at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to come up with home workouts to do um, since uh, weights have been my thing for the last couple of years. But, uh, but uh, you know, the most important thing right now is um, I'm healthy, family's healthy, and uh, just going to go by, you know, what the government's telling us to do is uh, hunker in to the home and uh, just, you know, follow the social distancing six feet away from people if you have to go out, uh, do the store and whatnot. So, so uh, it's interesting that you brought up the gym thing because I was going to ask you about that. Um, I I mean, I went, I went through – a little bit of, I, I mean, depression is, is a heavy word. It's not actually depression, but I, I went through a little bit of a funk last week because I stopped going to the gym uh, Monday of last week. And so all week, you know, I'm working from home, we're nuts with work. It feels like back in the day when it was like an early startup, how many hours I was working because of this. And I realized that the reason why I was in a little bit of a funk is because I didn't have that you know, hour and a half release of just being able to go to the gym. I, I call it my sanctuary. Um, and, and so, and so what I did is, you know, I was like, okay, how can I replicate this as, as much as possible? I won't be able to, to do it all, but you know, how can I at least try? And so, you know, I bought a bench and I bought those, uh, Bowflex dumbbells that you can sort of, uh, choose the, the weights, right. On a little rack and you can set it exactly. up. To, yeah. And, and look, I mean, I, I, it's probably not, as heavy as I need it, but it's something. And so what, like, do you, do you plan to try and replicate? Cause I mean, you know, I've, I've seen some of your, your, your workout stuff on Instagram and I know you're doing a lot of different things to kind of challenge your body. And I imagine doing that from home is, is a lot more difficult, but you know, what, what, how have you tried to replicate that? 
Um, I just picked up, there is a YouTube channel that I would watch occasionally um, while I was in between workouts. Uh, it's called Athlean X. So um, it's a guy who goes on there and gives tutorials on unique ways to train your body. I think he's done some collaborative stuff with um, with Seamus too in Seamus's channel. Um, but I really like his stuff, and he has a program, and I literally just downloaded that yesterday. So that's going to be my next thing. I've had the DDP yoga stuff, and I've never been super dedicated to it. Um, I, I, I wish I could, but um, now more than ever is the time that I could try both to try to get you know into them because I don't think this thing is going to lift this this ban um, at least for another two to three weeks. It seems like mm-hmm. uh, I think the California stay at home thing is what till April seventh. I think is what at least um, Sacramento County said something about April seventh. Yeah, that's that's uh, all over. But I think it's going to be longer than that, in my opinion. It seems like. Oh yeah, it. sure. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like I have you know well over a month of not being able to go to a gym, and and I I'm not going to go buy the weights that I would need because <laughs> I, I need a, I need heavier weight and yeah, it's not going to do my. So I'm just going to focus on body weight for now and. Um, you know, try to do these workouts. It it was a sanctuary for me too. the gym. Um, It really, that's, it's been the biggest bummer for me this week. Um, I, 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 as crazy as this sounds because it was so routine for me. Um, And it's, you know, it's it's like you mentioned a release. Um, I miss the gym right now more than I miss wrestling. If that makes any sense. Um, I I think it makes a lot of sense. uh, Yeah. So it it sucks, but um, I, downloaded this new program because I like this guy's YouTube channel. So I'm putting a little uh, money and effort into his full workout program. And I copied all the the files onto a flash drive. And then you can plug the flash drive into my downstairs uh, PlayStation, mm. which will project it onto the TV there. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now. And uh, at, at, You said Athlean X? Yeah, A-T-H- um, L E A N. So athlete as in lean is in your lean body mm-hmm. and then, uh, X. So uh, I'm going to look that up too. Cool. So, um, you know, you, you, this is not your career. Like this is your passion. This is a passionate thing for you. You have a job, but do you know, you know, I'm sure you do know, but have you talked to folks who for them, wrestling is maybe a little bit more uh, of their job and and how they're dealing and both you guys probably have friends who you know if they're not still you know in in the business maybe a hundred percent they're they're probably still they still have that passion of wanting to to go forward in it i mean have you talked to anybody and how they're dealing with this um, there are a few guys, you know, I, w- I won't name names, but there are guys that I've spoken with that, um, they're at a different level as far as, you know, how much they, they wrestle and how much they, they rely on wrestling as an income to support themselves. And, you know, I think it's hit them definitely much harder than it has for me, uh, because they rely on that. Uh, a lot of them are doing more like uh, side business and side hustles. Um, there's websites out there that you can essentially offer additional, um, content for whatever, I mean, in whatever that content is, it could be additional videos. It could be diaries. It could be streaming yourself playing video games, um, a whole slew of things where mm-hmm. fans only, subscribe. only fans. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. I think. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, yeah, it's essentially providing additional content to subscriber base. 
um, to try to generate more revenue. Uh, a lot of people are sharing all their merchandise links. I did that as well. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees is one where they're trying to make up for the fact that all their bookings have been canceled. Um, so I know for some people where they were, they, these people are working every single weekend, both weekends. They had flights. Uh, they weren't just working local. They were working nationally. Um, so for them, yeah, it's it's been a, a huge uh, hit to them personally, professionally, and uh I think it's a matter of them just doing the side hustle, but I haven't spoken to anyone in in real detail since. Because uh, you know, initially, maybe like two weeks ago, this thing was just you know isolated. Really, it was isolated to I think the Bay Area, like Washington, uh, New York, and it was like, oh, just be careful. Some shows might get canceled, and as I'm sure everyone's aware, then uh, once the NBA shut their season down, it's been like an avalanche across entertainment and sports and then you know now just every business is seemingly um so um it's changed a lot in two weeks and i haven't had a chance because of most of the guys that i speak to um i speak to them at shows in locker right rooms. right so without the ability to have any shows to talk to these guys there's only a few guys that i'm on like a i call them and check in kind of basis so so what do you think about uh the idea of WWE, AEW, there's still some indie stuff going on where they're doing these empty arena shows and you know, you you know what the the suggestions are as far as the social distancing and as far as how many people should be at an event. It seems to me that uh, they're they're risking a lot now. Who knows really what how big of a risk that is? A lot of people say ah, it's a small risk. Some people say, depending on sort of the environment of, of where that athlete was prior, and these guys are you know airports and such, you know it could be a, a medium sized risk. But you know, putting yourself into sort of the wrestler's shoes, the you know you know go out there and work no matter what kind of mentality like what do you think about these guys still wrestling in the ring today um i think they need to follow the lead of all these other uh, sports organizations and understand that you know the idea that this virus is passed around not airborne but by you know essentially saliva bodily fluids droplets and wrestling is as physical as it comes. There's really nothing more physical in that sense of sharing bodily fluids than rubbing against another guy with sweat and blood and saliva and any other bodily fluid there, right? So um, I would like to see them not wrestle at all during this period and sort of experiment with the idea of an off season and how that sort of works to possibly freshen the product once this, you know, all sort of blows over. Um, and use the off season times and say, I know that they're contracted to provide um, content every week on television, but use that um, strategically to either uh, film documentary style footage or share some of the content on the network for free for people that don't have the network currently. Um, maybe put some documentaries on there or maybe film some of the wrestlers during this time mm-hmm. and, and, and show some of that, you know, post, do some post edit work on it and then show it maybe on a week or two week delay during some of those blocks, you know, what are the wrestlers doing during this time and, you know, shuffle between wrestler to wrestler. Or I think, you know, on one of the Facebook groups, uh, someone had brought up and it might've been you actually, 
about taking like a, a three month block of historical WWE and playing mm-hmm. it in the place. So, so you play the episode of raw during Monday night, the episode of SmackDown on Fridays and, you know, just be, be creative and think of something different out of the box and give the wrestlers a break for one. And two, I mean, even if you didn't want to give them a break, you should given the circumstances because it's not really safe given all the data now that we have from the CDC. So, if let's say the shutdown, uh, we are relieved from the shutdown, you know, sooner than later, if it's April or May or whatever, and wrestling being wrestling, it seems like they will be the first folks to kind of come back, right? You know, I, I imagine Vince McMahon is planning right now to be the first entertainment thing that can be back, you know, at, at uh, at the time when, when we were allowed to come back, but also, you know, wrestling in general, indie wrestling, uh, I would imagine they would, it'd be an, it would be a good way to make some money and to, and to really, uh, get it, get a nice house. Uh, would you be interested if your local indie or the, the, one of the several companies that you work for is like, Hey, we're, we're coming back sooner than most of these sports, but it's sort of allowable. Like, how, we're not there yet, obviously. But do you have any thoughts about you know that kind of decision that that you that you'd have to make? Um, if they came back, you're saying a little bit earlier than than probably than they probably should. Right. I just I just yeah. look at pro wrestling in general as like the way to maximize the 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 value is to, you know, be first or to you know, I'm thinking of uh, going all the way back to like, you know, Vince when when 9/11 happened and wanting to be the first real show to come back and and have a show in a building. I think it matters. Um to me, if we are declared that it's safe to go out and continue to, you know, mingle with people, perform athletically, um, safe is safe. If they declare that that's the case, then I have no issues. And and that is the case. Then to me, the first one to do it does capitalize on the idea, especially like for local wrestling, you know, all pro wrestling was the first booking I had of this month that was canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was going to be a super important show for me personally. Uh, just because it was like sort of a, a debut of a new character for me, sort of a uh, sort of a fresh slate, um, and it, it didn't happen, right? So something I've been sort of anticipating for like eighteen months, sort of has been the works for. Um, so to me, it's like you know, first to strike, um, especially if we have a long uh, break here. Mm-hmm. There's going to be fans locally that are clamoring for good wrestling, um, and if they, you know, there's what like a half dozen indies just in the Bay area. Yeah. You know, the first one to get that big date, um, is probably going to draw better than the others just because fans can't go to all of them. So, and I, Vince's perspective, I would, you know, I see where he was coming from and yeah, it's, it's the same on the local indies. And I, I would feel the same way if I was in a promoter's shoes. Absolutely. I have no problem with it as long as it's safe to wrestle. John, from your booking perspective, would you have any issues with that just sort of, you know, morally or from a health perspective or anything? Uh, me me personally, I would, I personally wouldn't just, as a pr- former promoter and, and a former booker, I wouldn't rush to do a show just to do it. Just, I don't know, I would like to see how things, you know, they could say it's safe, but what if, you know, they they missed it a little bit, maybe, you know what I mean? So I would kind of like how to see things 
fall into place, then, you know, personally, I, you know, I, I know capitalize on the money that's going to be there. Right. But, but why risk it? Especially for me, you know, having a young family, you know, I yeah, wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't do it personally, but, but that's just, that's just my, my view. Yeah, and, and, you know, the other thing is that even if we are told it is okay to go back out and, and live a normal life, I fully expect, you know, the, the coronavirus to have some sort of uh, rebirth or a mutation or a remix of, uh, of what it is today. And it, maybe at that point, we do have, you know, so, some more uh, something we could that that would help us with it, whether it's like a shot, like the flu shot or something. But, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I, that, that's the other thing that's kind of in the back of my head. Like, can you imagine being WWE and they go, okay, we're back, you know, it's July and we're going to run a big show because we haven't had wrestling and you're the ticket taker and you're scanning people in and you see like, people cough or people like touching their face like that would mm-hmm. that would i would be like oh like well how do we, what do we do i feel like that's going to go on for at least a year after this you're going to be scared anytime someone coughs sneezes you know you see someone open a door with their hand you're probably going to think twice about it for just a split second for even a year later mm-hmm. this is definitely, definitely uh uh traumatized i think everybody and people god i've been i know i I go through the rabbit hole looking at stuff and i probably shouldn't because it really upsets me like i just see like people videos of people yelling at people in the store because they're coughing or something like that and (laughs) you know or or blatant racism for asians because they feel like this came from them you know i just think it's i don't want to see that happen i hope people will stop that stuff that's just horrible you know and it's just i don't know it's all this stuff my, my anxiety be so heightened like after i have bad i have bad anxiety it is like just you know say like april 7th they're like okay you know our our we saw positive results blah blah, blah you know we can go back to kind of normal living i think i still will be <laughs> on my guard with everything just because of my anxiety issues and and stuff and, yeah, and you know yeah. i'm washing my hands even more now it's like shh, don't, give, don't give me another reason to do it you, know? and you, you wash your hands enough with your with your newest baby oh sure. my gosh i know i know i worry about the, all that stuff all that stuff all day Dutra, did you want to talk a little bit more about the new character or do you want to save it for when it's ready to to hatch oh uh, i mean i could just give you like the the basics. I mean, it's already been announced that the character is the Battle King, and it's going to be sort of a uh, a one eighty from things I've done to. In the, I mean, in the past, every iteration of Dave Dutra has really just been one form of a pro wrestler, um, you know, with a little bit of attitude if it's a heel or not. And this is more character driven. Um, it's I've been sort of piecing together everything from music to. Um, to custom made gear, uh, to, you know, growing out my hair. Uh, I've been doing this for really about 18 months. It was October of 2018 when I started it. And so it's just a long, you know, saving up money to get, I get really, really high quality gear made from guys who do a lot of work with WWE and stuff. So, and because I'm an indie guy, they, they put me sort of in the back of the line. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, we just started on this thing. And then I'll check in and they're like, Oh, it's WrestleMania season. So hang tight. Oh, it's SummerSlam season. And so, I, I mean, I literally got the last piece that I needed to have the complete set, um, one week before the show. 
And so it's like, okay, wow. cool. We're good to go. And then I get the news and I'm like, oh, all right. But no, um, it's, it's going to be different. Um, I, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, I've tried to sort of, you know, on my social media accounts, put little teasers and stuff just to have a little fun with, uh, you know, local indies don't have the ability typically to put like vignettes and teasers and sort of build characters like you would on a television program. So I try to capitalize on my social media accounts to replicate that as much as I can and generate some interest. Before I get to the last question that I want to ask you, throw out those uh, social media accounts. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's at Dave Dutra on Twitter and then at Battle King Dave Dutra for Facebook and Instagram. And uh, OK, so uh, also the if, if someone wants to buy a T-shirt, they just go to the website and they can find you under your name. Uh, if they go to yeah, if they, uh, pro wrestling tees is where my T-shirts are hosted. So if you go to pro wrestling dot com slash Dave Dutra. Um, I just pulled all my old shirts off that store. So I have two brand new Battle King shirts um, that can be purchased now. And I just got word that my stock order um, is on its way over. So I will have shirts whenever we resume wrestling. (laughs) Um, I I actually think it's going to be July before we see an indie show in Northern California. But who knows? That's my guess. Okay, so... from here on until kind of we get through this, when I bring people on and, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've thoughts of, of, of other guests that, uh, that I want to bring on. Uh, and, and so I'm very interested in what you as a wrestling fan and as a sports fan plan to do to get entertainment during this shutdown now you have kids so i'm sure you're going to be watching lots of kids stuff too frozen 2 just came out on disney plus (laughs) yes it did um but like you know whether it's podcasts or whether it's old shows or you know how do you get your basketball fix or or whatever like what what do you plan on is it books like what do you plan on doing during this shutdown to get that entertainment fix that you need to to not go too crazy um I have a lot of actual catching up to do with my DVR. Um, so that's my plan. Um, I have an entire season of Walking Dead that I had never watched, um, partially because it just wasn't interesting to me. But I feel like I've, you know, what, like 12 seasons in, I feel like I have to watch it. So I got that to watch. There's still some um, Amazon Prime video shows, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that my wife and I. Um, are really into so we're about halfway through the season but I mean you know the thing is in my regular daily life routine I don't have time to watch much of anything and sports live sports was really the only thing I would watch so all of my tv shows my dramas would just fill up in the queue Um, so now that I don't have live sports and my normal routine which was work eight hours a day go home get the kids, take them to the gym with me, work out for 90 minutes, come home, put them to bed, and then I go to bed. So there wasn't really time for much. Uh, But now I do have time to catch up. So really, for me, it's actually watching normal television um, as opposed to the live sports and and the gym stuff. I'll just uh, be able to catch up on all my backlogs of Netflix, Prime, and just my DVR with cable. All right, man. Well, wait, wait, real quick, uh, Dutra, you said this feels like an extended summer break. 
Do you mm-hmm. feel Kevin Lacey's really happy? Our friend Kevin Lacey's really happy right now because of that. <laughs> oh, Former no. Premier Ring announcer Kevin Lacey. That's who. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I thought I'd lighten the mood up a little bit. Yeah, inside joke there. Yeah, uh, no. Sorry, folks. Real inside, but I had a pop. I had a pop Dutra. I had a pop. That's great. Yeah. Go out on a high note. Well, well uh, I'll try to I'll try to give Kevin some hints that he's mentioned so he so he listens. <laughs> uh, well, well, Dave, yeah, you know, thanks thanks for hanging out. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I, I definitely wanted to get your perspective on this, and uh, and like I tell everybody these days, just be safe. Yeah, hundred percent. Thanks for having me again, guys. Okay, take care. Take care, man. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts. I went up there today. I saw some Cage Warrior show that I was like, wow, these guys are still fighting. Um, and esports as well. And I did a search for uh, WWE, and there are WWE bets you can make. There's lots of prop bets about Rob Gronkowski and what he's going to do and uh, who's going to win between Becky and Shayna. So there's tons of wrestling stuff up there as well. So if you get bored, that is def- definitely a place to go. Um, if you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. There you go. So be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, John. So uh, we, we we let Dutra go. Uh, really loved listening to his perspective of this thing uh, as we're dealing. But now I, I want to get your perspective. But before we, we dig in about that... Um, wanted to mention that uh, this show, obviously, you just heard the ad, sponsored by betonline.ag. They are, you know, you, you, you can imagine the ticket business, uh, if, you were, if you're a ticket taker or a, or a vendor, that's got to be down. But also, you know, something like a, a sports website where you can bet on where the games have stopped. That's, a, that's another business that is, that is uh, you know, not, uh, not, not, uh, I don't even know. I, I, it's not like they they did anything wrong. It's just sort of the nature of, of the whole situation has uh, has hurt them a bit. So I, I'm definitely going to be checking out some possible WWE bets because with the UFC debt, with the UFC stopping for a few weeks at least, that's where I was doing a little bit of betting to kind of get a little juice going. But now maybe I'll maybe I'll dump some into a WWE. Um, before we get to the rest of this show, so we we will talk about uh, the Wednesday night shows, though. There, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot to one of them and the other one. Uh, but I, the thing that I want to talk about more is just sort of this idea of empty arena wrestling with you. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I did a podcast with uh, Big Dave last Friday that's gotten a lot of... Um, I, I guess I should say I got the most feedback on it than probably anything I've done with him, which was we interviewed uh, Dr. Patel, who is a critical care surgeon and uh, is kind of like one of the 
one of the guys who's just researching the heck out of all these COVID diseases. So he, um, we, we just basically talked to him for, you know, for like 30 minutes and then we talked for another 30 minutes, but, um, you know, that really opened my eyes about the coronavirus and, and COVID-19. So that's free. I've, I've sent it any which way. If you are a friend of mine on Facebook or if you follow me on Twitter or anything, you've probably seen the link, but that, that's a show that I've actually had family kind of reach out to me and go, hey, I want to listen to that thing because I want to learn more about this. So that's that was actually uh, really, really cool to do, but uh, felt very purposeful as well. Uh, and then just a quick shout out to another podcast I was a guest on, my, uh, my buddy who's actually going to be the officiant of my wedding, my upcoming wedding, if, if, if it uh, doesn't get postponed anytime. You didn't book uh, AJ Kirsch? No, oh, no. Nah. Okay. That is that is that who your efficient was? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was at a I was at a wedding recently, and he was the efficient. That's why. Uh, well, the last one he went to. So, just fun. So, uh, so he's got a podcast called Detoxicity, and it's really about masculinity and sort of the role of uh, of the male uh, version of our species in, in 2020. So that was kind of a an interesting. Uh, an interesting thing to do because, you know, it's a little bit more personal. I'm not really talking about sports. What's so interesting about that podcast, though, is, you know, we do this, you know, we've done over 100 of these things together. And so I don't really think about it much if I get feedback on something or something like, you know, I I get excited when someone goes, oh, when you said that thing, that's pretty cool. I was like, oh, they listened. Cool. But when I do something else that's sort of away from this stuff and is more personal, I get the stuff more from like people who are closer to me. And so that's like a little bit a little bit crazier because you're like, uh-oh, someone who I know like in real life actually listened. And so uh, I talked a little bit about my divorce. And uh, one of the things we were talking about was, you know, my parents, you know, were obviously brokenhearted uh, themselves. And it was a little hard for them to kind of get on board with with the plan. And I said something to the effect of like, you know, I kind of had to parent my parents in, 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 in this thing to make sure that they kind of got on the same plan. And then <laughs> my dad replied and he's like, oh, yeah, me and your mom, listen, good job. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I talked about them a little bit. So, um, but yeah, that, that's on, you know, any, any, any of the things, uh, Facebook and Twitter, you, you may have seen me share that as well. For, for whatever reason, Big Dave shared that like two or three times. Like just, I didn't even ask him to. He just, he's like, he must be, uh, this, he must be pretty bored with, uh, with the shutdown. He's listening to podcasts all day long. Um, a couple other things. So, uh, I'm going to, I will be back on Sunday because I, I pre recorded uh, something with uh, our buddy Robert Silva around the 30th anniversary to Meldrick Taylor and Julio Cesar Chavez, which was, it would have been two days ago, I believe. Um, do you remember that fight watching on HBO? God, it sounds familiar. I mean, it, it, I mean, but you, so you remember Chavez because he yeah. was on HBO all the time. So he's undefeated. He's kind of like the the second star after Mike Tyson on HBO. Mm-hmm. And Meldrick Taylor is, you know, 84 Olympics gold medalist. And he is like beating Chavez for 10 out of the 12 rounds. And then Chavez comes back in the end, knocks him down. He, with 12 seconds left, Meldrick Taylor gets up. Richard Steele's asking him, are you okay? And he doesn't answer. And with two seconds left, the TKO happens. 
and Julio Cesar Chavez wins the fight. So it's 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 an amazing thing to watch and and to rewatch. You know, now thirty years later. But Robert and I did a, a bit of a deep dive into that fight. So I recorded that. I will probably put that show up. I'm guessing Sunday night. And so adding to that, um, I'm going to do a review of the first episode of the Dark Side of the Ring on Chris Benoit and Nancy Benoit. Uh, I got a screener and I watched it earlier today. So I'll have a review with thoughts uh, on Sunday's show with uh, someone. I'm going to bring somebody on who people probably won't think that that would be a guest for a show like this, but um, to, to just have a little bit more perspective on that story. Uh, and then Robert as well. So, uh, so the, more than likely, I would say 98% there will be a show Sunday night from Monday morning for people who just need content. And if you need content and you're listening to our stuff, I'm happy to, to provide and do as much. I've, I have some thoughts and ideas with a lot of people who are home because, you know, everyone's home and uh, they're a little bit more accessible. So I can do, I can do stuff with them. Um, and the last thing before we get to the show, the actual news part of the show is if you haven't joined the fight game podcast, Facebook group, this is a really good time to join because we are doing two tournaments in the group using the poll feature. One of them is on the best WrestleMania matches of all time. And the second one is on the best WrestleMania cards themselves of all time. And that is going to start on Friday. Uh, so we did, we did like uh, small tournaments for the 32nd, uh, the, the 32nd spot in the tournament. So there's 32 matches or 32 cards. And we had, uh, we had a short, a small four, four uh, card and match tournament to get that 32nd spot. So the only thing I will say is in the 32nd spot for the best WrestleMania matches of all time is Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, the retirement match from WrestleMania uh, 24, I believe. And then for the WrestleMania cards, this, this show sucks, but a lot of people love it because of their childhood. WrestleMania 4 beat out WrestleMania 9... And then wow. it beat out WrestleMania 2 to get the 32nd spot in that tournament. So we're going to have fun with it. Look, you know, there's not a lot of, of, of really fun stuff going on right now with, with the situation. But this is sort of our attempt to get people involved and engaged and make their claims for, you know, WrestleMania history stuff. So that's kind of uh, the, that, that's what that's what I'm going to do to hopefully bring some levity and some fun and some engagement to uh, to people's lives over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, I actually, of those three shows, I, I think WrestleMania 4 is a perfect fit. It is the better of those three all in all, I think. I've watched that show <laughs> probably more than any other WrestleMania except for WrestleMania 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as a kid, of course, I loved that show. But you know what I loved even more than WrestleMania 3? Well, other than the, the look and the spectacle of WrestleMania 3, is I, like, I was like super deep into wrestlemania 5 like that was like the mega powers exploding that main event and and warrior and rue stuff was heating up and 
I remember like being so hyped for that show. I mean, my friend had it on um, the black box in his house, <laughs> and my bit, my friend, my Italian brother Billy Cadia, growing up with him. Um, he, I remember like going to his house. It was like, just like it was, we were just like hyped beyond hyped. I mean, talking about this for weeks leading up to it, and watching it. His mom making his lunches, you know, or their dinner or whatever, and it's just a uh, just a. Uh, it was also one of my favorite places to hang out as a kid and it was like the perfect setting and it was so much fun i'll never forget that day so my memory of wrestlemania 5 my cousin and you know this person my cousin bruce i believe this is his first wedding and when i say first that means he's been married a couple times but i believe that's the day it was either his wedding or it's possible that uh, it was an uncle and an aunt's wedding. But th- those are the two who, who I'm thinking of. It may have been the uncle and the aunt now that I think of it. But basically, I had a wedding to go to that day. So you could imagine how anxious I was at this wedding to come back home. And my next door neighbor, uh, the Parkers, uh, who I, you know, that's who I watched wrestling with mostly throughout my childhood, he taped it for me. And I was so worried that he was going to forget to put it in the mailbox when we got home. So I rushed to the mailbox, found that he taped it perfect. And, you know, we got home pretty late. So I was trying to watch the whole show just, you know, to kind of sit through it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fall asleep. I got to fast forward to the main event. And so fast forward to the main event, which was a pretty long match in of itself. So I remember just watching that match with uh, tired eyes, but I had to, I had to know I had to know that Hogan was going to win the title back. So that was that was uh, that was me as a gosh how how old would would I have been uh, twelve? Me as a twelve year old mm-hmm. is wait, thinking at a wedding at a family wedding, thinking about whether Hulk Hogan was going to win his title back the whole day. Yeah, eighty nine. I just and because of WWF rumors, I remember SummerSlam eighty nine being like coming home from a family trip to Chico to visit some family members. And like praying, praying that we get there on time so I can go to my friend Billy's house to watch SummerSlam 89. And of course, traffic. And I was just like devastated, devastated. And I couldn't, and just like you, I'm like, I call him up when I get to the house. I'm like, man, did you tape it? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I got to get in. Like, all I we just sit there in my room just thinking about what happened and what, you know, what could have happened. And, and I just couldn't wait to get that tape the next day. And, uh, yeah, great memories, man. Great stuff. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay. So, uh, the UFC, Dana White was adamant that he was running shows, uh, these weeks. Unfortunately, uh, the, his, his, uh, his gym, the apex gym, which I believe he was going to try to run empty arena shows out of, they got shut down because Las Vegas shut down or uh, Nevada shut down uh, that ability. And I think he was going to actually run in one of these states that aren't heavily, uh, you know, there's not a athletic commission that has uh, that has a, a big stakehold in, 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 in the uh, in the state, Oklahoma or something. And uh, then his buddy, uh, President Trump basically advised that, you know, no gatherings larger than 10 people uh, at a time or something. So that's when Dana kind of pulled back. 
Um, so UFC is not running right now. He wants to do the Ferguson and Khabib fight. I hear Khabib is still training, like maybe the only person at AKA that's allowed to train right now, something like that. And so that he's he's desperate that that fight's going to happen. He's so adamant that that fight's going to happen. He's like picking fights. He, he's looking to pick fights. He's saying stuff like, you know, just bet against me. When have, when have I ever lost a bet? Stuff like that. So just Dana White speaking out of the side of his neck. Um, but pro wrestling has not yet shut down, as we've seen, as of... We, you know, we record this Thursday nights. As of Wednesday, we saw one show that had empty arena wrestling. Uh, the On Monday, we saw another show that had empty arena wrestling. So pro wrestling in of itself has not shut down yet. And, you know, I asked this to Dutra. He, as a worker, he is a, someone who's in the ring with, with, uh, with other people. From your perspective, as, a, as someone who's close to the business, who's worked in the business, follows it very closely. What are your thoughts about these guys still doing shows, even if it is empty arena? I mean, I'm a little concerned, you know, if, if something happens and one guy gets it or gal gets it and, you know, cause we, we know we've, I mean, from what the CDC has told us and we know it's, you know, spread versus with droplets and it's spread with, uh, you know, get, you know, the, uh, COVID-19 can be on a surface for what, three days after, right? If, and you can get it and being in the ring and sweating or even fighting in the cage and sweating and opening up cuts. Right. Um, and same could happen in wrestling. It's uh, a little nerve wracking, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I know WWE is testing, and they're being precautious as much as they can, but are they testing for coronavirus or are they just testing for vitals and overall that health? I don't know. I, but I don't think they have tests. Like not a lot of people have tests. Yeah. And it looks like unless you're like an NBA team, you may yeah. not have access <laughs> yeah. to these tests. I know. If you're an NBA team, you're definitely getting tested. Um it yeah. So I know they're being precaution. I don't know. I know they're doing all their 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 best, but um but uh, I mean, I like the idea what NXT did. I didn't see this episode actually. I, I I was just freaking exhausted. I did watch AEW, but I I just I just it's been tough, <laughs> you know, with the kids and um and and I actually go to work. I'm actually we're still essential, I guess, company. But um, but I get home. It's 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 you know it's not it's, my day doesn't end. It's like you know, still a lot of work and just really hit me last night. And, and I heard the Gargano and Chompa stuff was like really good, but I'll have to go back and check it out. But, um, I kind of like the highlight idea, you know, and if they can do stuff with, um, if they can film, uh, you know, newer content to kind of, you know, speed things along. But I mean, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't hate what they're doing and I understand why they're doing it. And, I think that's all for a good cause, you know, but, but we'll, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Like, you don't even know if they'll be able to do it next week. Right. We just don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like week day by day, honestly, you know, with, with everything. Yeah. Like hour by hour. The, the latest is that it looks like WWE is going to try to, um, pre-record a lot of shows or at least, matches through their wrestlemania run so wrestlemania from the pc 
won't necessarily be live matches. There'll be stuff that they have in the can because the fear is, is that if they wait until next Monday or the following Friday to do this stuff, that they won't be able to do it. So if you have a lot of the stuff in the can, you can still do the shows for a few weeks, at least leading up until WrestleMania. And WrestleMania in of itself probably will need to be taped too, because you can't wait until April 5th. And then what happens if between now and April 4th and April 5th, that they shut you down. Like then you're stuck. You've already made this announcement. You've booked this two nights. So, it is very much in their best interest to get all of this stuff taped over the next several days because once that hammer comes down, uh, I don't know what they'll be able to do. Yeah, so we can see Florida's getting tighter and tighter with their regulations, and and um, so yeah, I think it's smart from WWE's part to, to you know if you're going to put content out there, you definitely is best to tape as much as you can leading up to WrestleMania and also the WrestleMania stuff. And to me, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, when it comes to live or or not live, you know, I, I, you know, I think it'll still be what it is, and, and you know, those distractions are going to get out, though. Oh well, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's just going to be a nice, just you know, hopefully a nice distraction on those days or something to watch those days while we're all stuck in our house. Yeah. So I, I, I will. I'm going to have a counter argument about whether it's going to be a, a, a distraction or not as we talk about uh, Raw and then uh, Dynamite. But before we get to that, because I do, I do want to get to your get your thoughts on those. But before we get to that, the idea uh, I think this came out Wednesday that WrestleMania will be two days mm-hmm. instead of one day. Rob Gronkowski is going to be the host. Uh, the idea of, you know, New, New Japan did this with Wrestle Kingdom, having it on two nights instead of just one night. The idea is you could get more time in on, on the important stuff. You don't have to rush anything. I I get it from their perspective. Um, you know, you are possibly going to be the only game in town. You can own both weekend days. Uh, you really can stretch this thing out. And while I understand it, I don't know if I like it as a viewer because not that I don't want to watch. I I, I just don't know if I want to watch this kind of wrestling for two days. Like, like you mentioned it being a distraction. I'm not sure if it's a distraction when there's no fans. It kind of just reminds me what the situation is, you know? I mean, I'll watch Raw. I mean, I fast forward the first half because I always saw the Royal Rumble, so I don't need to watch that again. You know, oh, yeah, my time yeah, watching yeah. that. Me but, too. Me too. Uh, which I thought was cool that they put that out there. I thought that was smart. You know, and it, you know, you're building up. You know, at the time, I, I when, when was it announced that WrestleMania's gonna be on the PC? Was it right after that Raw? I believe it was. Yeah, it was. It was uh, soon after Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. probably. So, I mean, according to you know us at the time on that Monday, we. There's a there's you know a slim chance that WrestleMania was going to happen, so they're still you know doing their stuff and building to that show, and I thought it was a great idea, just a you know perfect way to you know fill some time as a show that Royal Rumble, and it was a really good Royal Rumble too, so that was that was cool. But I you know for me I just fast forward it. Um, I watched the the full Ray Mysterio and uh, an Andrade match, and actually. I, w- I wasn't distracted by the non-fans for some reason for me. I, I Maybe because the match, was, I thought those guys were really good. I mean, they are really good. I thought they had a nice little match. 
Um, so I, I actually enjoyed it. And of course I enjoyed the, the Steve Austin stuff at the end. I thought that was, you know, entertaining and, and weird at the same time with the no fans. But I thought Steve did a, you know, Steve, Steve and very entertaining. He tried, right? Like he definitely tried. I, I thought he did. I thought he did what he, you know, his best with that. And like him, like dropping the card, you know. Yeah, upside down, Ups- reading it backwards. Yeah, that, and also like he threw some the, the jokes away that he already previously read. He realized <laughs> he threw like three cards away or something. Or, and that, 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 I mean, that was, that was fun. It was fun. No, and, it was and, the, and the Byron Saxon stuff was, you know, setting up for him to stun someone. Obviously, so I mean, I didn't. I mean, I'm not. It was you know who? Co- you know who I wish was in that segment? Coachman. Yes. Yeah. 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 I wish it was the coach. Now, I don't. I don't wish that the coach was doing anything else because he's really bad now. Mm-hmm. But he was always really good in that role. You know, with the Rock specifically, he. You know, I that that was memorable. But ah, I was. Wish, I wish it was Coachman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would have been funny if he would have came out and try to get an interview with Steve Austin or something. I actually thought originally when I, I just saw like a. I was on my Twitter. 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 <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Twitter timeline, and uh, and I remember I just kind of like I don't I don't want to spoil anything, so I kind of scanned through, and then um, I saw him stun someone, and I yeah. thought it was MVP again. I'm like, here we go, MVP's out there again, getting beat up by someone. But uh, the, the the empty arena, no fans for that match at least wasn't distracting. It was. I actually, you know, it's funny. I did watch SmackDown like uh, uh, the first like match. What was distracting was a. Oscar's commentary. So oh that's my what, god! So that's what made me kind of just say, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know skip this, even though I heard Triple H was really entertaining as a color commentator, but yeah, uh, just killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was making like just making funny jokes or something, or yeah, just, I mean, he's just like destroying people, like just kill, <laughs> like just just being a bully, like that's what he's doing. Uh, funny. But, I mean, he's a funny guy, so it works. But he's just, just the Oscar stuff was just it was a little too much and. So you know, you know, it's bad when my when my wife's giving me stares, like, "What are you watching?" and this and that, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. I mean, it was. I wish they would darken the arena without showing the seats, though. Yep. Yep. Personally, that's yep. that's what I would do. But you know, I think they wanted to make a you know show like, "Hey, yes, there's no fans here," and all that. So they wanted to, to emphasize that. But you can emphasize that with just and then show the the no seats. And then just dim the, dim the lights. That's what I would have done. Okay, so here's my thought about Raw. Now, I, the thing is, I, I didn't watch the SmackDown show, so I didn't know what to expect. So what I saw was a show that they decided to pretend that was not any different whatsoever from if they would have done it in front of a live crowd. Edge cut a fantastic promo that I thought fell a little deaf because there was a the, the, I, I, there were certain things that he said where I needed to hear a little bit of like a ooh from the crowd or like a mmm you know just there were some lines where I was like oh like this was really good but that the, there's you know me just listening to him speak it felt like it was like promo class or something, right? It was like the greatest promo class of all time. And so um, I'm, I was really bummed for him, actually. And and he's probably not bummed. He knows the situation. But I was like, man, if he would have cut that promo in front of a live crowd, like that was a hook and a half for, for WrestleMania. Um, my problem with the show was, A, 
they did not make one mention of the situation in a serious sense. There was a couple of sort of mentions, kind of Jerry Lawler, you know, kind of in a in a in a weird way would say something, but your fans are f- living a uh, an uncomfortable time. So for you not to reference that or to not you know even make mention of it, I thought was a little bit of a slap in the face. The second thing, and this bothered me more than anything, and this is more than likely because, you know, I have a journalism background and, you know, when you're in journalism, you're taught like when there's a crisis, this is when you perform to your best and you become, you know, more than just what you are. If you're a sports reporter, you you have to become whatever you're needed to be to, to give the information to the people. I found the announcing so frustrating because they had an opportunity to sort of give the fans who are watching this thing and who are kind of frustrated, you know, I'm sure everyone watching this is not happy with the current situation. And they called this show like any other WWE show that they would have called. I thought it was a great opportunity for them to bring a little levity to the situation, for them to be a little bit of a calming influence on on the fans. And I thought they really missed the boat on that. Now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they, they, were, they tried to do what they thought was the best version of what fans wanted from them. So to that extent, okay, I get it. Benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to be super hard on them as a critic or whatever, because I get it. Everyone is sort of dealing with this, this situation. Um, but there wasn't much wrestling and it, they put on something which they thought they could sort of pass by with, with what pro wrestling is. Now the, the Austin thing was entertaining enough to me and I, I, I smiled and I laughed. So I really, really enjoyed that. But when you watched how AEW did it on Wednesday, whether you enjoy the style of wrestling or, or whatever, there was JR, who you and I have sort of backed while he's working for AEW. And a lot of people don't really like his style because they think he's kind of a crotchety old man. But talk about a fucking professional who understands his role on this show. Now... He may have been a little bit too cavalier. There's a couple times where I was like, okay, like, you know, you know, you don't have to be so loose. Like there are frustrated people, but I thought he did such a good job just with making it feel like, oh, JR is talking to me. So thus I'm comfortable in this moment. I thought he was so good at that part of it. Um, and for that reason, you know, not, not alone, but that was a, 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 big reason why I felt so much more comfortable watching AEW when I was kind of like, I was not really having fun watching Raw until Austin came out. Because Austin's the same way, right? You're like, oh, if Steve Austin's talking, my anxiety's down. My comfort level is is there because I just want to see this guy who I love. Same thing with JR. So may have just been the fact that JR's on this show and he's not on the other show, but that was a big thing to me. And I thought that they handled that aspect, the aspect of we are all sort of bummed out and we want to to kind of, you know, not think about this thing for two hours. 
I thought AEW did a much better job of that, and Raw didn't. Now, hopefully, Raw, WWE goes, okay, maybe that didn't work. Maybe we do have to put two or three guys around the ring, you know, to like AEW did to, to kind of be goofy or whatever, to, to bring that levity. Or we need to change the announcing so that we're not robots and we, we, we don't act like we don't know what's going on when it's very clear what's going on. If they If they make changes, I mean, that's how you sort of, get better at this and i hope that they do because that will for me as a viewer i will feel so much more comfortable watching raw on monday and if they don't do that i'm not sure how i'm going to get through that show so i'm very hopeful that they kind of take a couple of cues from a from how aw did it and bring back that sort of comfortability for the fan who's who's sitting there kind of dealing with everything that we're dealing with you know i i think i I don't think W should change anything. Personally, I think what they did was fine. You know, watching that SmackDown, you know, Triple H in the beginning talks about, you know, he set the stage where why they're there. You know, what this place is. You know, a lot of people, you know, tuning on, you know, Fox probably doesn't know, you know know too much about the Performance Center and why they're coming live from there. And he also said, oh, we hope this is a distraction from what's going on in the world for you. And and same thing with the Raw. Like Raw was. It's it's a TV show, right? Just like AEW is a TV show. I don't need. I don't. You know, it's already. I'm already seeing stuff on my phone and on my uh, on my uh, my like uh, Facebook feeds and the news about the coronavirus and all that stuff and all the you know and you know they're just a show to distract you for a few hours. I don't think they need to sit, that, you know harp on anything. That shouldn't be their goal. WWE needs to provide to be held. entertainment. They need to be held to a much higher level because they are supposed to be your best friend for three hours. And if I was hanging out with my best friend, he would not pretend that there was no problems going on in the world. He would find a way to bring a little bit of levity. Like, you know, what's, what was funny is... Um, but why are you putting it, that on WB? They're, they're, they're an entertainment television show. They're not that show is not entertaining. To, to maybe to you, but maybe to other people, it was entertaining. You know, okay, I've, I've heard, I've heard feedback on that show that said it was passable, it was fine. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I've not heard one person say that was an awesome wrestling television show. I'm just saying you don't have to. Is they're not? It's not their responsibility. To, their responsibility is hey, to find some entertainment so to us to be distracted from what's going on. I just so watched you're Modern saying Family you're distracted today. for three hours watching that TV show. Well, I only watched two hours because I didn't watch the first hour of the Royal Rumble. But yeah, that was I mean, probably the best part of the show. I didn't. I didn't sit there and think about you know what was going on. I just watched the show and, and try to lose myself. And just like tonight, me and my wife and I watched, uh, you know, last, last night's modern family. And for 30 minutes, we had a good laugh. And not once did I think about what was going on in the real world. Cause I was distracted by this television show. Same thing with raw SmackDown, AEW, NXT. Like we're just, you know, we're using those two hours or three hours or where the hell it is just to be distracted from what's going on. Cause after that's over, after we get up the next morning, you know, it's back to all the stuff that's going on in the world world. And, you know, that's why, you know, Disney releases Frozen too early, you know, just to give some people some distraction from, you know, being stuck in our houses and wondering what the future is going to be, if there's going to be a future where, you know, has it's going to affect my wife who has asthma, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I don't need like to hear about, 
you know, COVID-19 from WWE. I don't want to hear about it right now. I want to watch whatever, you know, wrestling. If it's going to be good wrestling or bad wrestling, whatever they give me, I'm, I'll watch it. But, you know, if it's not a good show of whatever, it's fine. I just don't want it to, you know, why, what do they need to do to tell me? Maybe a couple more PSAs. Maybe uh, Braun Strowman could do his, like, no, I, wash I, your I, hands promo. That'd be cool that, to throw it through in there. <laughs> I mean, that might be actually kind of funny if he does it. But th- I, I don't mean that I want them to reference the situation. But... When they don't, when they pretend like it's not there, you know the phrase, the silence can be deafening? That's what I felt when I was watching this show. I was I like, think, okay, they're maybe trying- overthinking this. It just, they're, well, look, look, it's a show. I, I, look, I, I look at this like, you know, I'm, I have a journalism degree. I'm going to look at it this way. And, and I, and, and I should have said that at the beginning that, that I'm going to look at it this way. But I think of, um, you know, Al Michaels when, the uh, I think it was actually two moments, one during the earthquake in 1989 and one during the OJ chase in uh, 1994. Al Michaels is a play-by-play broadcaster, right? Like that's that's his job. His job is to do play-by-play. But in the time of crises, he actually was the reporter who was reporting about the earthquake and making sure that people did not go into panic. Same thing with the OJ thing. He's reporting about the situation. He's a friend of OJ, but he's making sure that people understand the situation without going into panic. Yeah, but that's... Okay, the the earthquake is something that's happening right then and then, there now. Yes, we're going through this right now, but they, WWE knows, those play-by-play guys know, our job is to do our job, to call this like, this is front of a big arena, and there's a lot of fans here, and we're going to do our pro wrestling television show. There's no fans. But they're not really talking about the no fans. They they mention it, but like, no one's going out, like, you know, they're they're working towards the hard cam, you know, Edge comes out, does his entrance, because that's what they do in WWE, everyone has their own thing. That that felt... That felt deaf to me. Did not feel deaf when Ray, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon come out and do zero metal to the to out to the who are they doing it to out in the out in the dark sky too as well. Like everyone was doing their thing, you know. The referees holding hands up. They're looking at the hard cam. They're just playing to the hard cam. You know, everyone's doing their job. It's just it's no, look, nothing. Look, I, I said it was mostly about the announcing. And because the, I thought the promos were also robotic in WWE because they're cutting promos that they would have cut in front of a, an audience. And that's but, a difficult thing to do. Like, can you imagine like cutting that promo? And like, yeah, but, yeah I'm sure he has how, how, how about not read? How about not read it word for word and sort of acknowledge what the situation is? Like, you that, didn't like, feel Cody Rose is not word for word? That was definitely just no, his... Co- uh, this is not an AEW versus WWE. No, I know. I'm just saying, like his was I, as I, scripted. I, hate, I hated the opening segment of AEW. I hated it. You know why? Because Cody was trying to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And Kenny and Matt are not actors, and they kind of were like, "What the fuck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like what? Like what's going on? Like I don't get this." So I didn't like that either. I thought that was a like a like a. I just felt gross watching that thing because I just felt for those guys. But this, to me, WWE, what what, what is the what what is what is Vince's thing? We put smile on people's faces, mm-hmm. right? That's his thing. 
by making that show so numb and so tone deaf to what is going on in the world, it it made me just think about what was going on in the world more. And that's not what I was there to to watch. I was there to watch something that I really yeah, the only reason I was interested is because I knew Austin was on. But that 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 the goal of that show outside of putting on a TV show to, you know, to pass on the storylines and all that. But people are like frustrated. Like the goal should have been let's let's pull but who's, back a little are bit. you frustrated or I mean you might be frustrated, but who's frustrated about this? Everybody in the world who is shut down and locked in their homes is frustrated about this. About Raw's performance? They're upset that they didn't talk no, about uh, the COVID-19? No, about the situation. I, I don't I don't want them to talk about the COVID-19. I want them to act like human beings instead of robots in these moments. And again, this is not about AEW versus WWE, but what made that AEW show better is they had real performers like Jericho who was able to audible and say things that are jokes that we're saying to our friends about this situation that calmed you down about what was going on. And with WWE, because they're so by the book with the promos being written and with them performing to an audience that wasn't there, they were unable to do that. And it came off super, super tone deaf i don't know i just i just disagree with that it it was it was a tv show that's on for three hours to provide us with entertainment to that's but it was the opposite of that that if that's the goal that show was the opposite it didn't work with you but for me like i said i watched it and i wasn't thinking about COVID 19 at the moment i was just watching it and i had i enjoyed ray mysterio versus andrade thought they had a nice two and a half minutes that you saw of that match when they're that good yeah i can definitely appreciate their work especially doing that in front of a a, a, a no audience because you're not hard i mean i mean it must be so hard for those guys to get up and get warmed up for you know because they 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 feed off the energies but That's they still like, had a good, like half of the game and they but they still had a good match because those guys know each other really well their styles of course obviously mesh i thought it was a fine match and i, I liked it um and i liked the austin stuff the austin stuff was entertaining so for me i had a good time watching it and it was a distraction for me. All right. So let's talk about, uh, I, I mean, nothing has changed for WrestleMania outside of mm-hmm. there There might be some um, matches that happen in different areas, whether they're not in a ring or in a ring or some segments that, that may happen outside of the PC. We, we don't know, and I'm sure we'll hear because they are going to record those pretty soon. But we don't have to talk about the AEW show unless you have certain things you want to talk about. They advance the storylines of the Exalted One, who is actually Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Um, the goofiest way to do it, but it's sort of what the Dark Order has been this entire time, so I wasn't surprised with that. Um, and then Broken Matt Hardy is uh, debuts at the end of that show after Team uh, Team e, uh, Inner Circle beats the Elite to gain the advantage of uh, of War Games. The thing that I was bothered with is like, okay, you have the advantage now. When the hell is this match going to happen? Because you guys kept saying the next uh, the next AEW show, not next week. So now I'm like. Did I just sit through the show for the possibility of something happening down the line? Well, I mean, uh, Kenny Omega just kind of 
you said it early in the beginning of the show, like we just don't know what's gonna next what's gonna happen next week, right? With you know, but for the tonight they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do and have a match. But yeah, yeah, it will I, I oh my god, I kinda wish they would hold off this war games, but they could who knows when this war games could be, right? It could be gosh. I mean, I feel I feel the same way about WrestleMania, but I, I can't imagine being the decision maker to mm-hmm. figure that, it's that tough. thing out. Same thing with WrestleMania, like what you know that's a tough decision to decide what to do with it, you know? And, and I mean, for me personally, I would say, you know, hold off or, you know, you know, that's my, that was my knee jerk reaction to it. But, you know, they decided to, you know, put it on, you know, two days. And to me, I'm okay with that. Cause I'd rather have watched, I'd rather split the show up anyways. Cause that's a long night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, AEW overall, it was, I thought it was okay. Um, I, I did not like that 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 first match was just God that was just bad the Ray Phoenix Pentagon and best friends match was just so frustrating in a lot of ways just like little things to just the psychologist match to I mean interference in front of the referee and Jr but you know we talk about Jr Jr just it was just being Jr as he is every week in my opinion he was just freaking cracking me up with stuff you know especially when the the, the you should watch the four way wounds match with the the girls uh, caught uh, I think a Riho for the dive out and then Jim, Jim Ross just goes wow convenient that they're all the three girls are there ready for her <laughs> freaking awesome uh, and that match was. God, that women's match was was horrible. Um, I made a joke on Twitter, but I, I strongly believe in it. I, I, I think their goal was to bury the referee and and emasculate uh, Kip Sabian because he was treated like the biggest bitch. Like I don't never believe that guy is a main eventer ever. Like I have no faith in him. I think he's like lower than whoever uh, Peter Avalon at this point. It's just the way they, they treated him, like. And then even and even try to shoot an angle with Colgabana, who ended up being you know punking him out. So I'm like, huh, man, that poor kid's saving. He must have really pissed someone off or something, or banged someone's girl. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just uh, it was. Uh, I like the Butcher and the Blade and the Luchasaurus match. I thought that match was was good. I like Jungle Boy looked good. Um, Luchasaurus looked good. Other than I, I wish he'd work on his tag work being outside the ring like not just sitting there as a bored luchador luchasaurus you know like actually get into it and start you know rooting jungle boy on to make that tag he kind of just sits there it's a, it's a big no-no um in my opinion in tag matches you, know, you, you don't be a spectator you know still even though you're not even though you're not in the match still keep working um he just kind of sat there and so that was kind of frustrating to watch um i did like my favorite moment of, my favorite moment of the AEW show was during this match when it must have been Colt Cabana, Colt, probably Joey Janelle as well, when they sang Tarzan Boy from Baltimore. Did you hear that? Wait, when was this? This was during the match. They were singing that song. Oh, oh, oh. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you obviously didn't pick up, I did because that song is hilarious. And I, I had a, I got a real kick out of that. So I really enjoyed that. Um, well, what did you think about the main event? Uh, I thought the main event was fine. It was good. That was that was probably the best match in the show. What what do you think about Brody Lee? Now people would make fun of this guy for his Bludgeon Brothers costume, mm-hmm. 
Now, did he get the early 2001 high spots gear that we, a lot of indie guys <laughs> would order? I thought he looked, uh, he looked, his gear was, looked really cheap, which is, which is, you know, his jacket looked cool, but once he took the jacket off, I was like, what, what's this gear? And it looked really bad. Uh, Techno Team 2000, someone told, <laughs> told me. Um, it's and I was, just goofy. Like the whole thing is goofy. And, and why wasn't the baby? Of- what happened to the baby faces that were watching the show? Why weren't they helping SEU out? Well, well, the the other thing is, is like part of the reason why I was hoping it was going to be Matt Hardy is because the broken Hardy gimmick is perfect. I think I think he could get it over mm-hmm. even as, as goofy as the Dark Order is. Now, when you put Brody, Brody Lee with it, if you're projecting him to be a main eventer, then the mm-hmm. the, the Dark Order has to be a main event. Uh, faction too, and they do not project in that way. They still no. project as super mid card goofy to me. Yeah, and the same same on this point. Like, you know, once I saw Matt Hardy was a separate thing from this, right? Now I'm thinking like, now you got a goofy Dark Order, you got a goofy Matt Hardy. He's like, no, it's like more too much goofiness. Just throw it all together in one one big uh, group. Which you know, what's, that's what I would have done too as well. But we'll see what happens with the whole broken hearty stuff i don't know i'm just it got old in tna honestly and we'll see we'll see how it does on i'm sure the fans will will enjoy it um but i don't know for me it just doesn't really connect with me um also i didn't like having lance archer there just sitting there as a spectator i just thought that was what did you think about the video package Uh, oh the the uh, backyard matches (laughs) yeah (laughs) um it was different it was different. I think they they didn't shoot it so uh, theatrical, right? Yeah. I think it would have it would have played out. It was more of a just like just kind of like a raw footage thing, you know, and him just like you know, like Jake Roberts brought you know, like more of like Jake Roberts, you know, telling them like you know these guys are here to test you, and and he just wipes the mat with all of them. I just think that it was shot. It made it, it made it goofy the way they shot it. It mean I mean it looked expensive, but. Uh, other than that, but I also did not like him just just sitting there, um, just sitting there, and also didn't like Jake's promo. I mean, it was good promo if we're building up Jake versus Cody. Jake has to understand you're a manager now; you're not the wrestler. And I felt like his promo really didn't do anything to really build up Lance Archer, who's going to destroy Cody. He mentioned Archer and kind of gives a couple of nods to him, but it felt like Jake was being jake for him mm-hmm. and cody and not lance archer and cody and also it's a big misfire to have jake and lance archer next to each other because they're you know jake's a big man and make image makes lance archer look like just a normal man mm-hmm. all right uh i don't i didn't want to talk too much about the nxt show it was video packages it mm-hmm. was telling the story of gargano and ciampa which is what i asked for last week uh, when when they did that big crazy brawl, I watched some of it, and w- once I figured out what that show was and that there wasn't anything new on it, I decided not to spend the time watching because I already understand sort of where those things are going. But I, I liked what I saw, and from what I understand from what others have said, uh, it really did make that uh, that that feud even even bigger than than what it is. My only question is is the same thing that I had with uh, the blood and guts thing is. When is that match going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, like, I know. Why don't why, they need to put that match at WrestleMania? People are bummed about WrestleMania. I'm more, I'm bummed about Takeover. <laughs> well, well, okay, so, so Takeover and Bloodsport. I'm just like bummed about. 
Uh, so I, I'm not frustrated that uh, if Adam Cole and uh, the dream doesn't happen, I'm not into that. They, I, maybe they can fix that. But to me, that's really flat right now. But uh, Finn Balor and Walter, obviously, they can't have a match because Walter's out of the country. Um, and so the two matches that I think I would like, I wish that they were at WrestleMania is Gargano and Ciampa and then the tag titles. Like if those, if they put those matches on WrestleMania, I'm way more excited for WrestleMania than I am right now. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I feel like Triple H is holding those back, you know, for, um, yeah, he's going to have a gangbusters takeover at some. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm okay. If we can hold out enough to work, if we get a, a big event with people, but, but in my opinion, I don't think, I don't think that's happening for a long time. So 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 the next thing about that is what happens with Mm -hmm. NXT because, you know, who knows how much longer AEW has to, to do these shows. Maybe not too long. Maybe they'll put a few in the can. But for NXT, they already decided this week that they were not going to have any new matches, any new information. It was just going to be video packages. So can you do that for three months? I'm not sure if you can. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. And I don't know if they can, like you and Dutra mentioned earlier, like you know, show best of stuff, show, you know, just old great matches from NXT history. Cause there's a lot of, I mean, think about people that don't, you know, watch the, don't have the network or never had it, you know, and who just maybe now know about NXT because of the stuff on USA and the angle shot on the Raws and SmackDown leading up to Fire series. Maybe those fans could be introduced to why NXT brand is, such a you know highly regarded brand i think people you know love the nxt for the, you know for all the history and all the great matches because they had a ton of them like you can you know show that sasha banks and bailey match you know mm-hmm. stuff like that you can show charlotte and natalia um uh, gargano and cole you know at wrestlemania uh, at takeover during wrestlemania new york um those uh Maybe not the revival stuff anymore. I don't know, but you could show those matches, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know. I. I, Same thing with like you guys mentioned for Raw and SmackDown. Like if, you know, once they say they tape a bunch of stuff, and they're not gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot of videos and stuff with um the shows. You know, I think they're gonna tape matches, but it might just be one or two matches show because they don't want to waste, you know, these matches in front of nobody. All right, so uh, I think that's it for all of the kind of the news and the shows, and it is time to talk about our We Want Flair segment. Yeah. We want Flair. We want Flair. We want Flair. With Ric Flair and Lex Luger, Starcade 1988. We are finally here. Uh, I, I found this match to be very interesting. You know, I, I probably haven't watched it since I, I got it on videotape. Whenever it had come out on videotape, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really good match. But I thought the psychology of the whole thing was very interesting because obviously we know what the finish is, and I watched the match thinking like, okay, as we I know what I know as we get to the finish. And I know it's sort of like this kind of like uh, for people who are into Lex, it's a little bit of a of a limp finish there for for Lex fans. 
But man, like the entire story of this match was to make Lex look like a, a million trillion dollars. And then because his his wheel gets taken out, he, he loses the match. But when you watched it back, what did you think of the whole psychology and, and like you as a, as a Lex fan? I'm sure when you were younger, you were like, wow, he's really going to win this match. And then it's kind of a little bit of a deflating ending. It's on. Oh. I mean, I thought it was perfect psychology. It's 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 a big time NWA world title booking one hundred and one. You know, you uh, champion comes into a territory or and wrestles. You know, it's been done for since the NWA title, right? Was you know wrestled the local guy who puts who just you know knocked out drag outs the champion for you know over thirty minutes. And somehow, some way, the champion sneaks out with a victory. And but at the end of the day, like you want to see the rematch. And I felt the same way about this. Like, that crowd was super into Lex. Um, uh, they wanted a big title change. I felt like they should, they they it would have been a perfect time to do it. Yeah, but that was that was more my point, which is your. It's a little bit of like. Um, uh, it, it's a little bit of like you're 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 teasing the fans a little bit because you can sense that they want it. Now I'm not saying that it was going to be the best for business or anything, but you can sense that they want it. They get the finish at Great American Bash where Lex, you know, the the idea is that Lex kind of gets screwed by the commission, and then so the the you know Starcade comes and you're like, okay, he's finally going to win this thing. And throughout the entire match, now it's sort of if you understand the psychology of wrestling, babyface is beating up the heel, you know the heel, the heat, and everything. You think, okay, well, the the heel possibly winning this match in the end because he's getting his butt kicked the whole time. But I feel like as, as I'm watching that match now, again, not sure business wise would have been better, but I feel like that crowd was ready for Lex to win that match. Oh yeah, definitely. That crowd was eating everything up that Lex was doing. Um, I think it would have been good for business, especially short term. I think it. I think, I mean, especially after that '88 and Flair being on top for the, you know, over a year. I think it was time. I mean, I, you know, I don't think Luger was a, a choice for a long term champion at that point in his career. But I think if you you know to give him that credibility as a guy who won the big one. At, at one point would have been good for his you know future career and you can always go back to him down the line um i th- i thought the match was just perfect rick flair's nwa champion psychology same thing with dory funk jr same thing with jack briscoe harley race like you know go in there and make the guy look like a million bucks like he's gonna win the championship and you sneak out with the win and also you know lex didn't lose anything really from that honestly i don't think he got hurt from this this not not this time around and he got hurt later on with certain things like i think you know captain combat 90 you know painted him <laughs> a little bit honestly it did um you know even though he's still the u.s champion and whatnot it took a what month is that match that's may of 1990 okay so that's five months later no, no, it's, it's a whole oh, no, year no, no, and a, no. a year, a year and five months later. Yeah, so so, so he he doesn't mix it up with Flair for a whole year and a half. No, he um, Flair loses the belt to Rick Steamboat, as we know. Right. Um, Luger wins the United States Championship, um, and Luger actually beats Ric Flair in a house show um, with the backslide, I believe, or something like that. Um, clean. 
like defending his U.S. title with a lot of, or, or maybe he was just in the main event with Flair at the time. And I remember, you know, being played up in the magazines. I remember like mm-hmm. reading that and I was like, oh man, he finally beat him. And then I did, you know, I, watched, I hope there's video of it, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, they don't hook up until, um, no, in 89, they had a, um, in December of 89, um, after the I Quit match with Flair and Funk, they went back to Luger and, it was uh, actually a really good promo by Luger on what World Championship Wrestling, what the show was called at the time, before it was Saturday night, where he comes out and confronts Ric Flair, talking about how he's been number one contender, how it's been a year since Starcade, how he's you know it's you know it's time for him to get another chance at the title, and of course they do wrestle at that Starcade '89 in that in the Ironman tournament, so um, that's probably the first time on television. They hook up in a match would be that Starcade '89, I believe. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I believe that Luger was just building his, you know, he had a babyface run as U.S. champion, the feud with Michael B.S. Hayes, and then he had um, the feud with Rick Steamboat. He turned heel, feud with Rick Steamboat, and then he became, you know, then then he started working Flair towards the end of the year, 1989. All right, so let's walk through the match a little bit. Uh, I was just kind of taking notes while I was watching it. I, I just thought Lex is on absolute fire. Like, Also, the other thing about it is his charisma during this match is like on a 10 from, you know, what would you normally see him as? I don't know. Uh, it could have been just the style of the match or whatever, but... He is firing up at the right time. He is showing fire at the right time. He is looking really... Flair, I mean, Flair's making him look like a million bucks as well. And, I, you know, there's some WCW stuff where they, they, they miss camera work where, you know, Lex, is, uh, Lex hits the ropes and he's doing the jumping elbow and Flair moves out of the way and you can't actually see Flair move out of the way. So you just see Lex hit the mat. So there's goofy stuff like that. But I just thought, you know, I'm just like, man, if I'm watching, you know, because we, we just got through watching 93 WWF Luger last year when we were doing the Raw recaps. And like, I really liked that Lex. But this Lex was like on fire. Like, I really, really enjoyed Lex in this match. Yeah, yeah. No, his, uh, his Bayface run in 88 was really good. You know, his work in 89 as Bayface was really good. But, you know, then, then he really turned it up a up a notch when he went heel in 89 too but yeah you know he looked great he had fire i mean i think he's definitely you know we talk about feeling the crowd i mean that that crowd my favorite one of my favorite crowds is norfolk virginia crowd and they just love wrestling there and they always are hot for anything they're hot for freaking battle bull 90 91 (laughs) um so that you know they you know they were really behind him and i think they expected the big title change there um and they're ready for it and but i love i love the match um we were watching again it's been a long time since i watched it um i could tell luger was very nervous in the beginning um he definitely there's a there's moments where he got you know lost a little bit and flair had to kind of bring him back early on but i think once he got into the flow of the match and and uh his nerves his nerves were calmed he uh you know they end up having like and in my opinion this is the best of the luger rick flair matches you, know. you had a little bit of a back and forth with people on Twitter when you guys were trying to figure out what was Lex's best match ever, I think, was was the question, right? Well, you know, I think it was, oh, yeah, it, it became what's his best match ever. And, um, yeah, a lot of people say, it, it, I think Big Dave said uh, 
Luger Steamboat, but it was on a house show that you had to be there to see, right? Mm. I'm just mine was just whatever made tape, right? So uh, for me, this is my favorite Luger match because I I thought he was fantastic, especially after you know I, I don't know if you want to go through the match, but uh, you know during the heat, I thought I thought he was amazing. I, I I did take notes, but I didn't really you know write down everything. But I think the thing that stands out to me is um, Rick is selling for him as a powerhouse. Like if you think if you if you can imagine what the best Ric Flair Hulk Hogan match would have been at this time. Like, I, I really feel like this was like Rick was trying to turn Lex into something into something like that. Like, you know, the other thing is that they did a lot of moves over and over and over and over again because they were good. And like, it's not like they tried like a lot of variety of things because it's probably like, well, you know, why don't we do the things that we're really good at here? So you saw a lot of press slams and clotheslines and things where Lex was able to show the powerhouse that he was. Uh, but I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, you know, let's just do the things that we can do that we know the crowd is going to pop for. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, played to Luger's strength, you know, he, the the press land stuff always gets over. I mean, who's going to, who's not going to pop when a guy that looks like Lex Luger lifts the champion over his head and drops him, the close eyes look good. The power slam, he's like, they like three power slams in that match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was going like 35 minutes and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where, where Luger's anxiety was in the beginning of the match too is you know, you know, going no he's going long, but he's with Ric Flair, so everything's okay. Uh, once he like I said, once he gets comfortable in there, and he also pulled out a lot of stuff like that he rarely ever did, like the big drop kick. Um, he did the drop kicks in eight eighty eight, and after eighty eight, he never <laughs> he stopped doing drop kicks, and it was good. Yeah, high, um, uh, hit right on the button, um, the flying crossbody on the top did, rope. He did say in his book that he I'm trying to remember I don't think he said what his vertical leap was but he said he could do a standing windmill dunk on a basketball court which I don't really believe because he's only what is he about 6'3 275 man come on on. I mean talking about for real real. yeah he's probably 6'3 yeah but but he he was I'm, I'm sure he was probably I don't imagine he was as bulky as he is in uh, mm-hmm. as he, in high school, but you know he's still a pretty big guy. So doing a windmill dunk from a standing position, I don't really believe that. But believe- he did show he did show he had he had a little bit of ups. Yeah, I think after his uh, Captain Comet ninety, I think Luger would actually throw the drop kick here and there. Um, <laughs> I remember I think Stan Hansen got could hit a got hit with the drop kick at Halloween Havoc ninety. So I actually always get kicked because the drop kick is one of my favorite moves. So anytime guys would do a drop kick that normally wouldn't do a drop kick, I always like would pop for that. And you know, Luger, like I said, brought out a lot of new stuff too, like the flying cross by the top rope. I mean, I don't think I ever see him do that again. You know, since then, other than this match, and it looked good. Good cross body. He also, did, you know, he did the superplex later on, but you know, I thought the superplex stuff was like perfectly timed. Like, um, just him like milking the, the the crowd response before he hit it. I thought that was perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like the, this is one of you know, other than the little nervousness in the beginning. I thought this is definitely one of his best performances ever. And so the uh, the press slam stuff does actually lead to the finish. So it does make sense. Mm-hmm as far as going to the well over and over again. Um, so he puts a uh, he puts a figure four 
on Rick. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's putting Rick's move on him. And then there's some interference. J.J. Dillon kind of gets involved. Referee uh, takes a bump. Uh, Rick hits Lex in the legs, in the, in the knee with the chair, which sets up kind of what's going to happen. And so Lex is selling, selling, selling the leg, selling the leg. It's affecting his moves and what he could actually do. And uh, and that sets up uh, when he actually gets the press slam in again. Um, and, you know, he can't hold it and he's holding it and he's holding it and he's holding it. Um, uh, no, 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 wait. Is it, was it the press slam or did he get him in the torture rack when, when, when Rick kind of manipulated him and, and fell on him? The torture rack was the finish, but the press slam before that, or right. that's when he went down. Like he, he, he yeah, kind of showed weakness after that. Perfect. Yeah. Like, that's like. Right. He, you know, pressed him and, and delivered the move, but like immediately collapsed. Like he had that adrenaline rush. And um, it was, like I said, it was great. Even this, when he got hit with the chair across the knees, like that was like a perfect sell. That's like how you really would sell being hit with, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. like you would scramble and you would clutch your knee and you would, you know, you don't just sit there and just go, ow. You know, like he, like he really, I mean, God, I, I, I think this, like I said, this is, that's why I won the match. This is one of the matches I picked because I just loved his performance in it more than just Flair. I mean, Flair was brilliant, of course, of course, but a lot of people overlook Luger and a lot of his work. And this is a match I hope that people revisit and appreciate Luger's work here. And, and like, the, like also with the selling in the, um, the figure four when he got locked into the figure four by Ric mm-hmm. Flair, I thought was, was great. And, um, you know, perfect, you know, classic Flair telling the guy to fire up and, you know, the big, you know, double bicep pump, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, traps just looking awesome and, you know, all standard Ric Flair match stuff, you know, everyone got Ric Flair in the figure four. Right. And, and, and then he locks on his figure four and, but like their work in that was just, just perfect together. So, <clears throat> when when you are watching this match, even as uh, today, when Flair escapes this match as champion, you you don't think it hurts Lex, and and I, I get that. But looking at the totality of his career, it's sort of the 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 way that his his. Uh, big match career kind of went right like it went, when we're talking about these years uh through you know 93 94 when he was still kind of kind of the guy and and looked at as possibly the guy into the future like it, it just it just felt a little weird to rewatch that and go dang i remember what i felt when i was you know 12 years old thinking man when is lex going to win the big one mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean he's always had that career of moments where he should have been maybe his time was to be champion, but some circumstances out of his control, you know, didn't allow it to happen. Um, you know, Bash 88 was building up rematches to build to, you know, a bigger match, right? That was that result, which is nothing that was perfectly, perfectly done. I mean, I don't know a lot of people complain about the lack of blood, but you know, like I said, going back, rewatching it. I thought there was decent amount of blood. We're the guy that could say, you know, it wasn't just a trickle. Like a lot of people will always say about that match. Um, here, it could have been a perfect time to do it, but Ted Turner bought 
you know, WCW. Uh, the main, you know, one of the main reasons he bought it was because he wanted Ric Flair to be his champion. So, you know, you're not going to upset the guy who just bought the promotion, right? The boss. So, you know, and then later on, you know, where it could have been Luger's chance to beat Flair finally for the gold in 1991. Flair has a, you know, disagreement with Jim Hurd and he leaves and and you know Luger's when he finally gets the belt he's beaten Barry Windham for a vacated championship and then fast forward past that his match with Yokozuna with at SummerSlam should have been a title change but you know Vince was holding out because he felt like it should happen at WrestleMania but unfortunately too much time had passed from SummerSlam to WrestleMania where Luger started getting cold, um, feuding, you know, you know, with Luger Vorga, you know, you know, it was a, it was fine, but it just kept, you know, he just kept getting cooler and cooler. And then at the same time, Bret Hart was heating up again and it just, just didn't work out for Luger. And, and, you know, I guess he's big championship win. If we, was like what 97 or was it 96 or 97 when he beat Lou Hogan Hogan on Nitro which was a big moment big pop but it was also uh what a four-day thing you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he you know he lost it at Hogwild or Road Wild whatever it's called then um so yeah just you know but those main moments like 91 would have been perfect uh, 88 would have been perfect 91 would have been great too if he was if he was just able to beat Ric Flair yeah and I think 93 was a miscalculation by Vince's part, and he should have beat um, Yokozuna then. He just looked, and I think that hurt him more not beating Yoko that night because he looked like a dunce. So, you yeah, know, yeah, totally. You know, cheering totally. on a cheering on a count out win over a champion. It just, and <laughs> just a, the biggest celebration for a count out win in history. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, next week we will wrap up Flair and Luger, 88 Starcade, and we'll talk about kind of the aftermath of, of what happens. You, you, you kind of mentioned it already with uh, Ted Turner and Flair's chosen guy, but I still feel like you could have put it on Luger and had Flair win it back in a, in a couple months and it would have still been fine, but interesting uh you know lots of political games back then right so there's a there's there's a whole behind the scenes thing as to why i man they had you know they're always the the long-term direction in wcw was always their issue you know they have us they would have a long-term plan but then corporate would disrupt it and things get thrown out the window but i mean you know you know looking back and fans book you know fantasy booking this stuff like i mean I think it's okay that Luger doesn't win it here. If you do put it on Sting, you know, and then Luger could be jealous, or Luger at the time would be heated up as the, uh, you know, he was he was super hot as a heel in '89, coming out of '89, and that could have been a, you know, they're hoping that was going to be a money making, you know, program Sting and Luger, and I think it would have been if. You know, Luger didn't have to turn babyface to fill that spot that Sting, the void of Sting when he got hurt and. Yeah, man, it's 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 uh, it's gonna be fun talking about the uh, the aftermath for sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, I think that does it from here. Um, don't worry, John and I argue about this stuff a lot. <laughs> oh gosh, this is not like uh, when 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 Dave and Brian uh, get frustrated with each other. I heard like, about this. Like <laughs> I, now you got you guys are you guys are selling it so well on the board, on the, on, the, on our Facebook group. I'm like, God, I got to tune in to see this argument. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it's like when your parents fight. Like when Dave and Brian argue. We've been listening to them for so long, but. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I like, uh, you know, he, the, the one thing that I will say is you 
are in the you you were in the business and you watch with an intent eye when it comes to that and i watch it like a critic or like you know like i mentioned sort of the journalism angle so there's going to be a lot of stuff that we look at and though i think we we are similar on a lot of things there're just going to be things that we differ on when it comes to what uh what we're looking for and so that's why you know that's why I've always wanted to do stuff like this with you because you you're going to look at things that I won't even think of and it gives me a little bit more perspective but I'm also going to look at things in a slightly different way from a business standpoint or whatever just because of my upbringing and 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 my own education so I think it's to- I think it's totally fine for us to have differing opinions on this stuff because um, that's how you you know it's kind of how you learn about stuff so I think and it makes for cool. a Makes and to me it makes for an entertaining show. Not like we're looking for disagreements, but like when it happens, I think it's fun to hear both sides of, of everything, and it just makes for like a like a really fun show. I'm not a big fan of just all the hosts agreeing on one thing and ha ha ha. I think it's good that we have a good give give and take on certain issues and that we're passionate about. All right, so like I said, uh, I will be back Sunday night, more than likely, ninety eight percent. Maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it at ninety nine. You want to say hi? Uh, oh, we, we oh we got a hi. We got to run in. I think it's Chloe. Gary, yeah. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Gary. Chloe. <laughs> oh, why are you awake? Isn't it so late right now? Yeah, because... I know. She's going to bed. Yeah, I'm going somewhere to go... Okay. Say, say half? Okay. I'll do it. Hi, Thank bye. you. <laughs> All right. Good night, Chloe. All right. Take care. All right. So for John, I am Double G. And for Chloe doing the late run-in, we will see you when we see you. Peace out.